Neves Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. Welcome to The Parent Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia Elkoury. And I'm Shirley Heyman. Now, tonight's show is all about grammar schools and they're a little bit like Marmite, I think. You either love the concept or you hate it. But there's conflicting evidence out there about the value of grammar schools. The debate never seems to lose a, a spirited response from people on the one side. We have people who think and we have opinion and research that claims that attending a grammar school gives no significant advantage to a young person in terms of the university they attend or afterwards or the grades they achieve. And then there's research recently undertaken by a group of universities, for example, um, Bristol Uni, the University of Bath, the Institute of Education, which concluded that those who attend grammar schools earn significantly more than their comprehensive competitors later in life. So listen to this. The pay of 2,500 people born between 61 and 1983 was analysed and the wage difference between the top 10 earners um, the top 10% and then the bottom 10% of earners in selective schooling areas was found to be a staggering £16.41 pence per hour. Um, that was in 2009 to 2012. So why is there such a gap between grammar and comprehensive? Are grammar schools actually really that much better? And how do parents feel about this development? Do we as parents understand what this might mean for our children? So we're going to speak to an excellent selection of guests this evening to help us understand this issue. Firstly, we'll be speaking to Peter Lilly, MP for Harpenden and Hitchin. And he's going to tell us why he thinks the government has taken this decision. And after that, we'll be talking to Ray McGovern, who's head teacher of St George's School in Harpenden, and he'll be sharing his experience and thoughts about grammar schools. And finally, we have a, a panel of experts, parent experts, um, who will be dissecting all the information that they've heard this evening, giving us their feedback, reactions and thoughts. So that's Paul Caram, Sally Robinson, and in the studio, Caroline Brooke. But to start off, we'd like to speak to our first guest, and that's Peter Lilly, the MP for Harpenden and Hitchin. Hello, Peter, how are you? Good evening. Thank you for joining us on the Parents Show. Pleasure. So, this, it's a very controversial decision by the government. Can you tell us what you think about the government's proposal to increase the number of grammar schools? Well, I'm not at all enthusiastic about it. Uh, in spite of the fact I actually went to one of the most selective grammar schools in the country and had a wonderful education, so I feel slightly conflicted. But grammar schools essentially cater for the third or so of the population who are for A-level, most academic, most likely to go on to university. Uh, and yet, when you look at our educational system and results, it's precisely that third which our system at present educates as well or better than almost any other country in the world except countries like, uh, you know, our fellow Anglo-Saxon countries. The weakness of our education system is our failure to provide for the people who don't go to university as a sort of education that will give them technical and vocational skills and qualifications. We have about a quarter as many people getting such qualifications in this country as in countries like Germany, Sweden, Switzerland, and so on. 
So my priority would be to focus on the sort of children who probably aren't going to university, uh, who we don't cater for as well as we ought to, where we're manifestly weaker than other countries. And when we solve that problem, I'll return to the issue of grammar school. But I don't think it's... I'm sure we could... All aspects of education can be improved, and I'm sure we could improve that that we give to those who are going to go on to university and do A-levels and things. But we're already doing better in that sphere than most other countries. Let's look at the parts of the education system where we do worse. Great. So, so you're saying... Firstly, vocational education, improve that, then look at grammar schools. So you're not completely in agreement with the proposal to increase the number? I'm afraid not. Um, much as I loved our new Prime Minister, it's the one thing that rather puzzled me that she should bring that up at this stage. And um, do you think there would be benefits for Harpenden and Hitchin of, of the introduction of grammar schools? Not really. I mean, uh, we have three excellent uh, grammar schools in uh, in each, you know, in both Harpenden and Hitchin. Um, and about have a fourth in Harpenden. Well, I think grammar schools, they're um, secondary schools. And uh, they're very high caliber. We get a higher proportion of pupils from this constituency than any other constituency in the country go on university, over 50%. It's the only one in the country where more than that. Uh, but such a high proportion do. Uh, I can't think it will be hugely different if we called some of them grammar schools, um, but still my concern is the 49% who don't And I'm assuming you mean the selective element to grammar schools, is that the element? Yeah, yeah if, we, if, we, if we had selection, um, it might make more impact in some parts of the country where uh, they um, don't have good schools, but we do happen to have some of the best schools in the country and I wouldn't want to mess around with them. And can I ask you, so why do you think the government have brought this proposal out? I mean, I've, I've heard from one anonymous head teacher in, in the area that it perhaps is just a distraction from Brexit. Do you think that's a possibility? Uh, I mean, that would be quite a subtle reason to bring it forward. Uh, I don't think our Prime Minister is the sort of person who doesn't address that for those sort of devious PR reasons. I think she genuinely believes that it would help increase social mobility and that there are uh, pupils who um, are not being able to meet their full potential in the comprehensive system and might be able to if they were selected out and educated with more of their peers. Uh, I'm mm. not convinced that that's a serious problem uh, and if so it's a very minor one compared with the weakness that I've identified and where my priority would be. And what would you say to parents in your constituency who are seeing this in the news and, and are, are, you know, wondering what the impact might be? What, what can they expect from you as their MP on this subject? Well, that I'll say and argue what in Parliament or elsewhere what I've said to you. Um, I'd also say to parents in this country, we are extremely lucky to have such excellent schools. Um, great problems, of course, because they don't get oversubscribed. But, uh, you know, it's, it's lucky to have that problem rather than schools that uh, people don't want to go to. And uh, I, if there are any changes brought in, uh, I think we will continue to have some of the best schools in the country, whichever way it goes.
Um, and that's partly a self-reinforcing process because we've got good schools, parents who are very keen on education come and live in this constituency and that reinforces it. Um, I suppose a bit like the reinforcement that goes on within the grammar school stream where you've got selective education, but it's gone on uh, and reinforced the strengths of all of our schools. Peter, it's interesting and encouraging that you recognise that there's a need for vocational, um, you know, courses and schools for children. I mean, is there anything happening in our local area that's backing up that particularly that you're aware of? Um, well, there's much more emphasis being put on apprenticeships. Mm. Uh, but we don't have uh, an example of a type of school that's been pioneered by Lord Baker of technical uh, colleges linked to a university right um, there's about hundreds of those being set up throughout the country um maybe there's a bit less need for them in our area than some areas yeah. but, but they are the one hopeful sign i think in recent educational uh, developments where we're beginning to focus on what i think is the big weakness mm-hmm. thank you so um Peter, I think anecdotally from speaking to parents, and I, I don't know if you'll be tuning in later in the show, but we, we'll have a panel of local parents reacting to the, to, to the topic. But, I mean, I'd imagine that the vast majority of parents in Harpenden, Hitch and St Albans will be against the grammar schools. Is there anything that they can be doing to support you um, in blocking this proposal? Well, at the moment there isn't any specific proposal just to... Uh, the issue has been raised, and there will clearly be discussion. My guess is that um, there will only be comparatively minor changes. Perhaps uh, areas of the country will be given the right to introduce grammar schools. When that right will be taken up, I rather doubt. Right. So I'm, I suspect it will uh, result in much less dramatic change than perhaps it sounded at first that it might. Great. Okay, Peter Lilly, thank you so much for joining us on The Parents Show. Pleasure. I've got to go back and talk to um, about 50 young people who are waiting outside. Oh, Aww. excellent. You're, so your, night, your night's not finished yet. It's all about young, the youth. Yeah. Thank Brilliant. you. Thanks, Thanks a lot. lot. All the best. Bye. So that was Peter Lilly, MP, talking to us about um, the proposal to increase the number of grammar schools in England. So um, we'll be tackling this subject from every angle this evening and discussing the pros and cons of grammar schools. And to do that, we've got a number of guests lined up and we'll be taking a little break and joining our next guest, which will be Ray McGovern, who's the head of St George's School in Harpenden. Don't go away. Now, we're tackling grammar schools um, from all angles. So we've had Peter Lilly, MP for Harpenden and Hitchin, on. And now um, we'd like to speak to Ray McGovern, who's the head teacher at St George's um, School in Harpenden. Ray, thanks for joining us on The Parents Show. Uh, thank you for inviting me and um, good evening to both of you. Evening. The line is much better, I'm delighted to say. We had a bit of a shaky line with Peter Lilly there. Um, yeah, there was a bit of echo, wasn't there? There was. I hope you could hear what he was saying. And, and what I'd like to ask you is, as a local head of a, an extremely successful school, parents will be 
really keen to hear what you think about the government's proposal to increase the number of grammar schools. Can you tell us what you think about it? Um, I, I think it might be um, a, a bit of a consensus tonight, um, particularly having listened to what um, Peter had to say. Um, I almost would echo everything that he, he said. Um, and I suppose that I come from a very different um, educational background from uh, Peter. So it's nice that actually we have a lot of cohesion in terms of how we view education. Um, I didn't go to grammar school. I did an apprenticeship and therefore did the uh, technical vocational route um, and still managed to end up with a huge amount of social mobility, ending up as a head teacher of one of the most successful non-selective um, comprehensive schools in the country, um, never mind in Hertfordshire. So I, I think that people's perceptions of what is or isn't social mobility um, is really quite interesting, but Peter Lilly and I are very much of a one accord there, and the fact that the government really should be focusing on technical vocational education, um, which unfortunately was scrapped um, in the, the, the last government uh, rounds, uh, which got a, um, a rid of an awful lot of vocational education that the Labour government um, had introduced when it was in power. Unfortunately, financially not sustainable. Um, but it, it's actually good to see that a local MP would want to see that um, um, boosted um, in preference to selection. Um, the, the other part of that, I think, is that if the or reintroduction of grammar schools was part of um, a balanced approach to providing vocational um, and um, grammar education and other options in terms of where young people can get their education, I think I would be in favour of that. But if it's grammar schools because grammar schools are better in terms of what the government's policy, uh, government's views are, uh, I, I think that's rather short-sighted and is very limited in terms of the scope. Do you see that there could be any positive? So thank you, the one you've just mentioned, Ray, about if it had some vocational element to it as well. I mean, could you see in your sort of role and, you know, all your experience of education, any positives of grammar schools coming back? I, I think there's, there's only one positive. And yeah. um, to be honest, it's very much to do with an individual perspective. So if you are um, a very bright um, child um, and you have um, academic aspirations that wants to focus primarily on those, vocation, the, those academic subjects, um, then for you, that would be a great opportunity. Um, but of course, that's one individual. Um, so it has some advantages from an individual perspective. Um, but in terms of the, the wider uh, context, I honestly can't see any um, great advantages from it. I mean, I, I thought the research that you um, cited was quite interesting in terms of um, where selective, grammar, uh, selective schools exist, the income that they would expect to get in those areas, not from those schools, but from those areas, would be higher than those areas that don't have um, uh, grammar schools. Well, um, Hertfordshire doesn't have grammar schools, and I would think that the surrounding area of um, Harpenden has got quite a good income mm. um, bracket. Um, but also, the, if, if you think of who chooses to live in those areas, so if you want your child to go to a grammar school, you probably 
um, quite high challenge in terms of your aspirations for your um, child. You have aspirations about them a, going to a grammar school, going to university, getting what might be considered a, a job that's got high uh, income potential, um, and therefore you will choose to live in those areas. So it's a bit of a catch-22 in terms of, well, if you look at the area, then those people that choose to want grammar schools will live in those areas, yeah. and therefore you will get what the research shows you. I was, I've been trawling and researching for the last few days about the subject of grammar schools and I managed to find two pros for it and, uh, um, and one of them was property prices and how having state school, like kind of 3,000 state schools versus 163 grammar schools in England means yeah. that property prices in around successful schools like your, your own is... Yeah. Um, is is sometimes unaffordable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and we're not a grammar school, so if you if you put grammar schools into that picture as well, um, people will move into those areas because you have to get to them somehow. Um, so you need to be um, living in some type of um, uh, uh, close proximity to them. Um, so it might give some aspect of uh, widening that, but not very much because the more successful a grammar school is, the smaller its catchment area will be because people will move closer and closer and closer to it to try and secure a, a place and it being a grammar school um, doesn't prevent that. I mean, if you took the numbers that you're talking about, um, 163 schools um, are grammar schools out of 3,381. Um, that's less than 5% of all secondary schools. And if you take the school population, there's 22 uh, 1,497 pupils, this is in uh, last year's figures, t- uh, 22,497 pupils in the grammar school system as again it's 599,236 um, key stage 4 pupils. That's 4%, less than 4% of the key stage 4 population. If you're doing any research, how valid is it that that disproportionately small number of people being serviced by grammar schools can represent what would be good for the more general population in the country. Um, If it's based on how grammar schools do, it's such a small number, can you extrapolate out that that would be good for the general population in the the country? And I, I think that's where the government would need to do much more robust research to be able to show that not only do those students who currently attend grammar schools, but actually the grammar school system itself would better serve the greater and wider needs of the the country as a whole. And Ray, I'd like to just read out a quote, and it's it's along the same vein of, of what you're saying, by the head of Ofsted, um, Sir Michael Wilshaw, and he said, Theresa May should stop obsessing, I'm quoting, about grammar schools and order a massive expansion of vocational education to address skills shortages that will worsen after Brexit. England's chief inspector of schools says, um, he says, um, more grammar schools will reduce standards by for the great majority of children undo much of the progress of recent years and be socially divisive. What do you say to that? Um, I'd agree entirely with that. Again, not a person that I would normally um, agree with on on policy, but I I think if I was making a quote, that would be my quote as well. Um, I think that the other part that people forget um, is, is that in a grammar situation, 
the biggest divisive part for me, and this is where um, our experience at St George's um, is really important to me, is, is that because it's non-selective, because it's a comprehensive intake, brothers and sisters can go to the same school. Now, if you've got one child, then that probably doesn't matter to you. But if you've got two or three children, and one of them gets um, passed the entrance te- exam, uh, what happens to the other two? Um, or three or four how do they feel what value do they have in terms of how they feel about their own self-esteem if their brother or sister is going off to the grammar school every day and they're going to what would then become um, a a bog standard um, comprehensive in terms of how the government would end up treating the rest of the the schools um, around the, the grammar school entry area um, w- w- there's a lot of talk about the self-esteem or, and mental welfare of young people already and the stress that they feel. Now, if you're going to increase that by making them set a test, go to a school where if they fail to get in, um, how's that going to affect their view of themselves, their value of themselves, their worth of themselves? And if they came from a family where there was, um, some of them go to the grammar school and some of them don't, how does that make them feel? How does that make them view their brother or sister who is going? And I think that actually is the, the bigger damaging factor that we're likely to see if this policy was to move forward. And that I actually hadn't even thought of the sibling issue. And in fact, I know somebody, and you, you've described exactly the situation where the one girl went to the local grammar school, the other one went to the local state school. The girl who went to the grammar school ended up in... Oxford, you know, but never actually fully fitted in because she only came from a grammar school, she didn't come from a private school, and it, and it created a divide between the siblings, you know, so I, I think it's such an important issue to raise, and one thing that I, I haven't heard mentioned at all, you know, it's it, it's very important to think about. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the other part of that is, um, what do we, what do we, um, as a society, expect our government to provide in terms of education. Um, now, some of that might revolve around our political views, um, but is, is government supposed to provide education for all, or is it meant to decide um, what tier of education young people should enter into? And particularly, if, you, if you're only going to offer a comprehensive intake and a grammar school intake, whereas if there was vocational I mean, if you take examples like the, the German education system and the Chinese education system, young people are going to go to a range of um, options, but also in society, in those societies, going to a technical vocational route is not seen as being less valuable. It's not seen as being limiting in terms of your expectations. Um, so so that, that really doesn't gel with me either when we're saying we need to compete, compete with the best in the world when actually what some of the best in the world are doing is giving a much broader um, opportunity for the young people in their, their, their society and being able to fit a different choice depending on the interests and the, um, the, the career paths that, that young people want to um, follow in the long term. And Ray, you, you mentioned one word and um, I, I just want to go back to that, which is well-being. And I know it's it's... It's something that you're passionate about and luckily many of the heads in our area as well. But um, doing an 11 plus, what what do you think that can do to a, a child's well-being? 
Yeah, I mean, that that is quite interesting because I can actually still remember um, having to, to sit um, the test that every, every child in my class um, sat. Um, and for the, the boys, it meant that if you pass it, you went to um, St. Aloysius. And if you didn't pass it, you went to the, the school that I ended up going to. Um, and to have that sense of the rest of my life can depend on this one test that's um, getting administered um, was, e even for me, and I, I consider myself, um, even as a young age, fairly um, resilient about those things, um, was quite daunting. Um, because you thought, does this mean that I'm failing um, as, a, as a person? Um, it, does this mean that I'm going to be less valued? Um, does it mean that the school I'm going to is going to be less good? And actually, the school I went to served me exceptionally well. Um, but I, I don't think I don't think that's a good thing to be um, saying to young people um, at that point in their life. Um, the, the other part of that, um, which Peter Lilly um, alluded to, was the number of young people who go on to the top universities. Um, so if I can just cite my own school, um, St George's, um, in, a, in a very nice um, area, um, in, in Harpenden um, and lots of parents who are very aspirational for their children and the children are um, equally aspirational for them last year 50% of our um, young people that went on to university went to um, some of the, the um, highest universities in the country and the Russell Group um, now that's not what we are trying to get them to do what we're trying to get them to do is to choose the right course and the right university but if that's what they aspire to they can do that through a comprehensive education system if the comprehensive education system is going to be funded properly and that we're not going to have a situation where um, if you're a grammar school you get a different funding you're seen as being a more elite establishment and therefore you get preferential treatment by the universities you know you talk about social mobility so if you don't go to a grammar school, are you going to be even less likely when um, the Russell Group universities say, well, unless you go to one of those grammar schools, you're never going to reach the standard we expect, so we're not even going to look at you. I think that's likely to cause less social mo mobility. I mean, Ray, in the area that you're in, you know, Harpen and St Albans around here, I think that we've, we've got so many professional, aspirational parents, haven't we? Let's face it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that's a really important aspect about the attitude children bring yes. to their education. So do you think some of these parents have got maybe, I don't know, a bit of a stigma about whether their children go to a school like yours, potentially a grammar school, or indeed do something more vocational? Do you think, you know, there's going to be areas where parents just won't entertain the idea of anything but a school like yours, independent school or grammar? Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to generalise um, too much um, because not every person that... Um, is in the Harpenden area um, could be even possibly classed as uh, no. a, a group in that way um, but I think there's an attitude in our country um, more generally that um, a vocational education which leads to going to university is the preferred and only route um, you know mm -hmm. so if I take my own personal experience two of my boys went to university my daughter um, who left school um, uh, a, a year and a half ago um, she's doing an apprenticeship right. um, she's doing a vocational route she's taking the route that I took when I left school yeah. um, so I, I think it, it has to be about what's going to be best for the young person you're talking about 
it has to meet their career aspirational needs. But you also have to remember that our career aspirational needs may change over time. Um, my, my eldest uh, boy who went to university, he's working in a job which um, he's very successful at. He's working managerial level, but he didn't need a university qualification to get that job or to do the job that he's doing. Um, was that a waste of a degree for him? No, because no. it's enriched his experience. He will have that and be able to use for it um, in, in the future. So we get to different ends in our life through different routes. We're not, we're not all destined to follow the same path. Um, and I think we need to be very careful about prioritising one type of education over another. Is that your concern, that the government might go down that route then, that they would prioritise well, grammars? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think when, <laughs> when Theresa May um, proposed this, one of the things that was in the proposal, that they'd let schools become convert to become grammar schools. Right. Um, but as part of that, that they might require the, the, the head teacher, the, the governors of that school, to take on a comprehensive school to ensure that um, it uh, reached high standards as well. Now, I, I cannot see why there's an assumption that because a head teacher runs a grammar school, that they're more effective and would be better qualified, experienced, or have the skills um, to lead a non-selective um, school. They're different. They would be different environments. And so already in that proposal is an assumption that if you are a leader in a grammar school, you are a better and more effective leader than if you're leading a comprehensive school. And I know categorically from colleagues that I work with and have worked with and have worked in the independent sector that that's not true. Absolutely. I hadn't even thought of that because I read that and uh, there seems to be so much enthusiasm for mentoring, doesn't there, in education today, like academies mentoring other academies. So I, I suppose that's, you know, it just it just got thrown in there with the others. But of course, why would the presumption be there, you know? Absolutely. But um, great. Ray McGovern, uh, thank you so much for joining us on The Parents Show. It was great to hear your perspective. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for inviting me, and I hope you um, the, the rest of the show is really good as well. Thanks, thanks, Ray. All the best. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. Radio Welcome back to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. So we're talking about grammar schools this evening and we've got, I'm going to just check the Facebook page, but we've got a little bit of feedback that apparently it's very anti-grammar schools. And I just want to say out there, we trawled, we asked about 20 mothers or fathers from grammar schools to come on and give their perspective. And for some reason nobody was willing to come on so we are very glad post on our facebook page any comments you have about how wonderful grammar schools are we'd love to hear from you and um now so we'll read that as it comes up but at the moment we're doing our parent panel um on grammar schools and i'm delighted to say we have caroline brooke in the studio with us right now hi caroline hello and we have paul Caram on the phone this evening hi paul hi there um now i'd love to hear what both of you think about um, what you've heard this evening from Ray McGovern and from Peter Lilly. Caroline, we'll go ladies first. What do you, what's your reaction? I'm surprised and delighted to hear that Peter Lilly um, is not in agreement with Theresa May on this. Um, I'd be fascinated to hear what Anne Main thinks, our other local MP. Um, I, 
I think grammar schools are probably great for individuals uh, who end up at them. I think they're terrible for everybody else. Uh, so, I'm, yeah, I'm really, really pleased that one of the representatives of our area um, doesn't think they're a good idea either. Yeah, I don't actually know. If anybody knows who's listening in what Anne Main's position is on grammar schools, we'd love to hear about it. Paul, what, what are your initial thoughts? So everything that everybody said so far, I, I tend to be in 100% agreement with. I, I don't think for the country as a whole it's, it's the right thing. But to be honest with you, it is a parent show. It is about parents. And I think the number one thing that each parent wants deep down is what's best for their child, um, regardless of, of, of what the, the country needs or, or wants. There is an inherent um, feeling what's best for my child is, is most important to me. Now, um, in that respect, if a grammar school pushes a child just that 10% more than a comprehensive might or might not, then as a parent you might think twice about actually is this really a good idea for my child and, and do I want to persevere with it. As it is where we live and how things are in the, in the schools in the area, I see absolutely no need for it. I think the schools we've got are fantastic. We're, we're very lucky in that respect. And it, it will only create a, a, a larger social divide when there are grammar schools, but at the same time you can't blame those parents who want to push their children that little bit further but can't afford to into trying to find areas that do have grammar schools that can meet the needs of their child. Likewise, um, there are other needs for other children that need special uh, assistance in, in one way, shape or form, and every comprehensive school should be allowed to, to give all pupils um, an education that allows them to perform to their best. So investing in the education system in the current comprehensive schools, I think, which is what Peter Lilly was saying, is exactly what I believe in too. Just to give you a little bit of information, our nearest grammar school in St Albans is Queen Elizabeth School in Barnet. It's eight miles away. There's 1,193 pupils. 5.8% are eligible for school meals in the last six years. And the average for Barnet is 30%, so substantially less. And on admission, no priority is given for children on free school meals. I mean, that is plain as day. It's not just selective. I mean, it's... They're not about social mobility. It's not about social no. mobility. And I, 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 I mean, that, that kind of leaves you in no doubt mm-hmm. about it. Um, and the other thing that I've, you know, I constantly hear from parents who've um, undertaken the 11 plus is that you can't do it without tutoring. I mean, the things that, that uh, the 11 plus tests are verbal and nonverbal reasoning, it's, it's, it's a whole extra level and that it needs tutoring. I mean, parents can go off and kind of learn themselves and and teach their children. But on average, it costs in London £50 an hour for a tutor, £20-£30 an hour in other parts of the country. I mean, that's prohibitive, isn't it, for, for the average parent to for, for that one year. Paul, what do you think? Without a doubt, I think it is it's a very expensive way of doing things and also it depends on your motivation with, with your child and their education. If that is the highest priority, people do make sacrifices and, and put their children through this because they feel it's of economic benefit in the long run to their child to do this. And I think you can't stop people doing that. They will continue to do that. They'll continue to move to areas where there are better schools. If you look at the, the makeup of our um population in St Albans. There are people that have moved here because the comprehensive schools are so good. Um, and, and I think you, know, you are creating social divides in, in, in that alone. Yes, there are people that grew up here and have always lived here, but there are a lot of people that have moved from other areas of London once they've had children because they want to get their kids into good schools. That 
um, overriding desire for people to do it is not going to change. And they make sacrifices because the house prices are higher here than the average in the country, and therefore the sacrifices are being made and people who have more money are getting a better education. That won't change, but I don't think for the country it's the right thing to do to to, um, promote grammar schools and put more money into them ahead of any other comprehensive school that maybe is failing or needs more investment in order to achieve the, the levels that it ought to be achieving. Now, um, we've just had a comment in from a listener, um, and I'd just like to read it out to both of you, and I'd love to hear your reaction. Um, Listening with interest, both of my children go to grammar school, and I live in Hertfordshire on the border with Bucks. What a grammar school does is enable children to attend a school that is right for them. In the area I live in, both types of school in Buckinghamshire are very successful. It's about enabling teachers to teach the right level. A grammar school does not always mean that you go to university. It's about allowing your child to meet their potential. On the point about siblings, every school is different. Surely parents should be choosing a school that is right for their children. I know lots of people in Hertfordshire that send their children to different schools because of those schools match their children's needs. If my son has not passed his 11 plus I would have managed somehow knowing that he w- it was not the right school for him. In books you're not tired Try, sorry, tied to sit the exam so you can opt out therefore no pr- the pressure is often removed what is noticeable at the grammar school my children attend is that the children are from very different backgrounds possibly unlike those that can only attend a Harpenden school because of where they live and what they can afford Caroline well the, um, what I'd say to that is that the whole thing about parental choice is that this is not a choice the parents don't choose the school the choose, school chooses the children um, and, you know, so it's not, you know, anything that, talking about it as a marketplace, it's not, because it's totally rigged in favour of, of the grammar school, because they would cream off the top 10% or whatever it is, um, and all the other schools in the surrounding area will therefore be left, you know, with this stigma of parents thinking they're not as good and not wanting their children to go to them. Um, so, you know, yes, it's lovely if your child gets in, and I'm sure they get a wonderful education, you know, I'm, I wouldn't dispute that for a moment. What My worry would be what it does to everybody else. And I just think if, you know, if we're trying to improve schools in this country, there are much, much better ways of going about it. You know, if people from Singapore, well, not Singapore, but, I mean, people from other countries come over to look at our school system, they don't go to Medway. You know, they go and look at London, or they, you know, they could come and look at Harpenden, but, you know, they're they're not going to study the great things that have happened in places that um, kept grammar schools. The other thing I'd say when we're talking about parents is no-one's really mentioned why we got rid of grammar schools in the first place, and that's because parents didn't want them. Um... And if you look at opinion polls now, yes, there's quite a lot of people who do um, uh, do, do still think grammar schools are a good idea, but they tend to be older. If you actually look at, you know, disaggregate it by um, people aged sort of 25 to 50, you know, people who have children of school age, they're not in favour. Um, and there's a reason for that, which is, <laughs> you know, you can put all the money into private tutoring that you like, um, but at the end of the day, you might not get your child into the grammar school and then you don't get a choice you have to send them to the school that the less desirable one um and uh, yeah i don't <laughs> i don't think it's a really good thing paul what are your thoughts well i mean i, I can see the benefits for those who've got children of the ability to um, get into grammar school i can certainly see why they'd want to do that and, and that you can't blame them for that you, you'd want the best for your child and i think it will help them excel but it's like, like Caroline says, it's to the detriment of the other 70-odd percent, I think, that saying don't go to um, grammar schools when they sit the 11 plus. There's, I think uh, Peter said it was about 30 percent that, that do get through. Um, and, and I think that's, it's more important to look at the greater 
picture than, than the, the, the few that will have an increased benefit of, of going to a school that can cater to their exact needs and push them to the, the, to the limits of, of their ability in order to, to uh, further their education. I, I do think there is a, a real danger that the money that goes there has lesser effect on the country as a whole than making sure you know, everybody comes out being literate and numerate um, before they go into whatever career they want to go into, be it vocational, be it university. And, and I think that the point that was very well made by Ray as well is the, the danger you have at university level is that universities are then going to um, be even more selective in their process than they currently are by automatically saying, well, this school is clearly not a grammar school in this area, therefore I'm not even going to look at these children. I think that's, that's a, a real worry, particularly as we've already got a huge social divide with university fees anyway, that a lot of people can't um, afford to send their children there or don't want to burden them with such a huge debt when they come out, which you know wasn't the case when we went to university. It was, it was nothing like that. So I think I'd rather see that kind of um, divide be reduced and the money go into that that level of education and into the current system we've got than, than see more uh, of the selective schools that are paid for by um, the government. Private schools are a different story because they fund themselves. Great. Paul, thank you very much. I'm, I'm going to let you go now and I'm going to swap over to another parent. Thanks a million for your contribution this evening. No worries. All the best. Good night. So um, we, we want to speak to another parent now. We want to talk to Sally Robinson, who will be joining us on the line in just a few seconds. But it's, um, it, I mean, I, I can totally understand that parent's perspective mm. who, e- who mm. sent a message in. I personally can't, I cannot imagine my son doing the 11 plus getting into a school, my daughter doing the 11 plus not getting into that school and going to mm. the local comprehensive and not feeling, I, I, for me personally... I think that uh, it's one of the things I thought when I was listening to Ray McGovern speaking. He talked about the impact of the 11 plus on children's well-being, uh, but I thought it's wider than that. It's on family well-being because you know, the amount of stress that might be involved with, um, you know, having children having to sit the 11 plus or tutoring or whatever you choose to do to get into them, and then whether they pass or fail, and that whole sense of, you know, am I on the scrap heap now at age 11? Um, yeah, it's going to have a massive yeah. impact on a family, on yeah. sibling relations, on everything. It's a- awful. Absolutely. I, I met a woman recently um, who was doing tours of schools in North London and she'd moved from South London to Barnet to get her daughter into one of the grammar schools. So she said they've lost a year of their life with tutoring, mm-hmm. stress, anxiety. She said it's been an absolute misery. Did they get her, in? Well, her <laughs> daughter was moved from 3,000 to 250 in the Henrietta Barnet. It looked like she was very likely to get in. But she said, and that she was touring the comprehensive schools in, in the area, she said she's sorry she did it. Mm. She's actually sorry she did it because the toll it's taken on Not the well-being. And I kind of think, okay, when you're 17, 18, and, you know, you're deciding future, but at 11, mm. I, I, I find it very hard to kind of deal with. You know, and the other issue I was thinking about the transition from junior school into grammar. And I can remember because grammars were around here in St Albans when I made that transition. And my best friend went to grammar and I didn't. And and the impact on her, you know, she lost all her friends. And within three years, she'd moved back to the comprehensive. She came to the comprehensive where all of us were. And had a bit more fun. And still ended up being, you know, a partner in a law firm today. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody's got a story, and I'd love to hear Sally Robinson's take on it. She's joining us live now. Sally, um, you've listened to all the various bits of information. What are your thoughts? 
I think one of the things that Peter Lilly was talking about was that he um, um, was talking about technical colleges and um, trying to improve technical colleges and looking at it from that point of view so that it wasn't just the grammar school system versus a, a, a blank space. Um, but I think one of the points is that you can't go to a technical college when you're 11. Um, mm. Selecting children at the age of 11 shouldn't be deciding whether they're going to go to a grammar school or a technical college. It's far too early to do that. That's the kind of thing you might do at 16. So I don't think that point um, is really valid in this discussion. Um, but the other side that I found interesting was the um, emotional side. So as Caroline was saying, entire families. Um, I myself went to a comprehensive school um, in the Midlands where there was, there was no grammar system. Um, my husband went to a grammar school um, in Northern Ireland where they still have the grammar system. And um, we have quite different um, experiences. And he's told me that effectively it felt like there was a two, the, the town was like a two-tier town, so that there would be the grammar boys in their uniform looking one way, walking around town after school, and then there'd be the boys who didn't get into the grammar who would have a different uniform on, making it very clear who who was successful and who wasn't successful um and i think that kind of obvious split is really um harmful to the children who didn't get into their um opinion of themselves and um how they're going to go forward in their lives feeling like um they're a failure um for the rest of their lives from there on um i have a friend who um was very successful, got a first at university, did a master's, went on to have a very successful career, but has never felt that she should actually be there and um, belong in that kind of, uh, that sphere because she failed the 11 plus and she didn't actually go to a grammar school. Although she then went on to get a first at university and be very successful, that, that day when she found out she didn't get in um, has remained with her ever since then. Um, and that also affected her whole family. Again, she's one of three sisters, and the other two sisters did get in, so that was really, really difficult for her. And Sally, so, so I mean, it is. It's, I mean, so many of the arguments that are are not in any of the research that you read are, are emotional, and the and the kind of the the weight that it bears on families. And what do you think? Do you think that a, a bright child? will get where they need to get, whether they have, whether they go to grammar, comprehensive, private. Absolutely, exactly. I think that's one of the points, that if the children are going to do well, they would do well anyway. Having been to a comprehensive school, lots of the children um, from the school throughout the years, every year some children will go to Oxbridge and from a comprehensive school. Those children would have gone to Oxbridge if they went to a grammar school as well. It made absolutely no difference to them. And um, lots of the other children went to other good universities or went on to go to colleges to do whatever they wanted to do. But I think um, the feeling at a comprehensive school must be completely different to uh, a grammar school or, or, or a school that is for children who didn't get into the grammar school. Um, it, must, it must foster a feeling of equality, first of all, um, which isn't dependent on your academic ability. Um, you can make friends with people who um, might be academically different to you, um, people who might um, have skills in sports or music can gain respect from all, all members of the community um, rather than um, not, getting in academic, not getting into a grammar school because of their academic performance and then therefore the community they might feel see them in a certain way, whereas if they go to a comprehensive school that everybody can see them visibly succeeding, which I think it's a visibility 
in a town, say St Albans, if we had a grammar school, the people who didn't pass, it would be visible to everybody that they mm-hmm. didn't go to the grammar school, which must be really difficult to cope with every day. And I just want to give her a right to reply to our, our um, online guest who's on our Facebook page uh, who has a, two children in grammar school. I find it very interesting that you're describing children that do not pass uh, 11 plus as on the scrap heap. Certainly not something that any parent would describe their children. The way I pitched it was that you would go to the school that suits you the most. Children achieve in different ways and it is only the language that you seem to be using that create a them and us environment. So well, I think we might have to have a round two of the grammar school show with um, with some grammar school parents on it, on it as well. Now, we've just got about uh, one minute, uh, about 45 seconds each. Caroline, can I just give you get your final thoughts about it? My final know? thoughts are that um, Peter Lilly implied earlier on that there wasn't anything, if people are concerned about the grammar school issue, there was nothing we could do about it. Actually, there is the green paper, which is a consultation. I actually have not got one <laughs> responding to it yet but i do intend to and it is still open so people can tell the government what they think um if they're so minded fantastic i think we'll try and put a link to that on our facebook page sally your last thoughts well i was surprised and pleased at peter lily's comments um but i still think that he is talking about a a, a two-tiered system and trying to make um the non-grammar school um side better but i still think that isn't the right system to have where you have children um segregated like that Fantastic. Sally Robinson, thank you so much for joining us on The Parents Show. Thank you. All the best. So we've come to the end of the show. Thank you to Peter Lilly, MP, Ray McGovern, Head Teacher at St George's, to our wonderful panel, Caroline Brook, Paul Caram, and Sally Robinson. And um, if you're listening to this on a podcast, feel free to still integrate and uh, join the conversation on Facebook because it's always going along. All the best. Bye-bye. Neve Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution.